everybody welcome to another episode of 20 hours from home podcast it is i your host dave aka king dave aka uncle dave aka wavy aka cold day and with me as always my wonderful co-host khadijah hello everyone it's me khadijah aka sugar ray k aka doodles aka little pistol um yeah and this is another episode Hey, hey. Um, so, Deesh, how's your, how's your week been? It's been fine. I injured myself, but, you know, I injure myself all the time, so what's another day? <laughs> um, you good? But, yeah, it's fine. How's your week been? It's been alright, you know? It's been cool. Nothing, nothing too crazy, but you know, solid week. Um, what are you sipping on, and what are your songs, your well, sips and songs? I'm sipping on water this week. Um, like I said, I injured myself, so I can't drink any liquor. But um, yeah, I'm just drinking all this water, and my um my songs of the week. One is FaceTime by Ari Lennox. Two is Boomerang by Jadena. Uh, three is Worst in Me by Kei featuring Tanache, which, chef's kiss. What a great song. Um, Old and Fine by Serpent with Feet. And then Passion Fruit by Drake to wrap it up. Um, what are your songs and what are you sipping on? I too am sipping on water, um, only because I forgot to make myself a drink. Um, but yeah, so I'm sipping on water, and my songs for this, you know, for sipping songs, are "Bills" by Destin Conrad, uh, "Who You Are" by Luke James, "Footsteps in the Dark" by Isley Brothers, "Catrice" interlude on Joyce Rice Rice's album, and um. One Way Street, Janae Go Feature, and Absol. So, yeah, those are my songs. Cool. What made you pick those songs? Well, well, I'll tell you what made me pick a couple of them. Catra's Interlude. I've been listening to the Joyce Rice album ever since it came out, like, nonstop. I've been low-key obsessed with, obsessed with it. And Catra Nada's interlude on there he just it's just fire it low-key sounds like what i think a k trinata and solange collab would sound like like the way joyce rice like does her vocals in the beginning Mm. that's that feels very solange like to me also they need to do something solange and k trinata i feel like they should have been did something. He has a list of people that I need him to work with. For sure. Um, and then Footsteps in the Dark because last night was the Icy Brothers versus Earth, Wind & Fire versus. And Footsteps in the Dark is low-key, like just the perfect song 
perfect song it's for what? Amazing. It's just a perfect song. Like, there's no flaws to that record at all. And, you know, we'll talk about more about Icy Brothers and Earth, Wind & Fire. But, um, yeah, I had to put those those two songs in my Sips and Songs, for sure. Okay. Well, if you'd like to transition right into that. For sure, we can. So, like I said, yesterday was the verses between Icy Brothers and earth wind and fire and when it was first announced i thought it was cool and all you know i know both have tons of hits so i figured it'd be entertaining but actually watching it i realized like these two groups are they're just legendary i mean the fact that i think i saw a post that said that both groups combined have been sampled by other artists over 900 times wow like that makes sense also learned that i had no clue that the odyssey brothers made twist and shout and shout shout you hear on like almost every commercial ever and also, white people love shout. You put that shit on, <laughs> put that at a white person's party, and they go ape shit like you just put on, you Sweet know, Caroline. Benito by Chief Keef or something. <laughs> like, they, they go wild. Um, but yeah, I had no clue that was the Izzy Brothers because they're like, it's like such, it's such an old song and it sounds so old. Like, you don't, I didn't realize how old the Izzy Brothers were because I'm like, they were around for music like this and they put out this song, like, the shit sounds like it's it was it was made in the fifties, which it was. So this versus was interesting because they played, they played songs from every decade, like they put out music every decade starting from the fifties. They had songs in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and the two thousands, and they were all hits. Um, someone asked me beforehand who I thought would win, and I actually picked Earth, Wind, and Fire just because like. I thought I was more familiar with their songs and I know they just have like I said they have tons of hits but yeah I was wrong like Isley Brothers have way more hits and I feel like they might be just more influential even though Earth Wind and Fire is very influ- influential as well but Isley Brothers just got they just they're just different um it was it was fire probably I'd say top three verses, I think. And who are your other top th- two? Um, T-Pain and Lil Jon, which also happened to happen a year ago on Easter. So it's fitting that this Easter, it was another fire versus. Um, so it was that one. And then, uh, I was just talking about what was the other one. Um, it was somebody kind of recent. Okay. It was a top two versus. <laughs> between. <laughs> between. Lil John and T-Pain. And then Earth with a Fire. And 
and um, and Icy Brothers. Because yeah, nothing was better than those two to me. So yeah, top two, and it's not two. So yeah, it was the best one. But yeah, did you did you happen to see any of it? No. No. It's not really my culture. Yeah. Fair enough. But um, I like some of the songs, but like, I didn't know enough songs for me to be like tuned in. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. But yeah, um, Steve Harvey hosted it, and a lot of people were upset with Steve Harvey because they felt like he was talking too much. And that's you know, so there's a lot job. of memes. <laughs> well, yeah, like it's his job, but he was also he's an old ass man, um, and he's he's like a he's like an uncle, and all uncles have stories, whether they're true or not. Who cares? But they're gonna tell their stories. He just wants to try. And he had a story. He had a story for literally every song that played by either either group. Mm-hmm. So Earth, Wind, and Fire played songs like, man, I remember hearing this song back in back in 72. And I was riding my bike to go see this girl. And I had this music playing on my on my on my record. And it, and I wrote the lyrics on this card and I handed it to her. And I rode my bike 17 miles to go see her. It's just like every every single story. It's like, it. come on, bro. And people was getting sick of it, but like me, I enjoyed it. And plus, I I like I had to put myself in his position. Like if I was if I was there with two of my favorite artists of all time, and we're just talking about songs, like of course it's gonna bring me, it's gonna bring back a bunch of memories mm-hmm. and stuff, and a bunch of stories and feelings I had related to these songs. So yeah, I probably have a lot to say too. So I thought it was actually cool seeing him up there, like fanboying out in front of the Odyssey Brothers and Earth, Wind, and Fire. So I didn't have a problem with it, but social media was really upset with him. But I thought it was really good. And um, yeah, so after that, all day today, I was, you know, in my old school bag, listening to a bunch of old school music. As you should. You know, it's a good vibe. Gotta reconnect. For sure. Um, well, on to some new school music. <laughs> <laughs> song, I don't know, I was about to say songstress, but he is not a woman. Um, <laughs> Lil Nas X. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last week, Lil Nas X came out with his song Call Me By Your Name slash Montero because Montero is his real name. Um, which I feel like we may have said on this podcast previously. Um, but, you know, shout out to him. Um, he had, you know, a lot of people in their fucking feelings. Um, not me, obviously, but people were upset because, um, you know, he is a gay man. And he, you know, was, everybody was upset about him giving Satan a lap dance, which I feel like would be the thing. And then killing Satan. I feel like that would be a rejoiceful moment for (laughs) people. Um, But, you know, people hate homophobic, homophobic, what is 
What are they called? Homosexuals. Homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> they enjoy their homophobia more than they hate Satan. Um, yeah. Which, you know... Of course they do. <laughs> why why uphold why you know give love to people who are on this earth when you can give love to a fictional character that you've never met before but whatever um and so he kind of got a little flack for that but you know as you know he's a gen zer and so you know and a former barb so he has a troll thing down packed so if you come at him he's just gonna talk shit right back to you um just like that the little frizzy hair girl that you go up to the campuses with her gun um she was like oh um i don't know what she said but (laughs) no nods x was like oh like yeah and i bet your daddy like it too and um she was like oh my god little nods x just threatened to rape my father bitch no he didn't like please relax (laughs) And, like, why are you doing so much? Like, what does this have to do for... Like, it's artistic expression, and it's not like it's harming anyone. No one was harmed. Right. It's a CG... First of all, it's CGI. So, even if you... Also, like, a point that I don't feel like no one pointed out, or I guess no one cared to point it out. Literally, everybody in the video was him. Everyone. They all had his face. Everyone. Fucking so Eddie like, Murphy did. Like. Right. Come on. Everybody was him. He played all these different roles. And again, it's all. It's a story. It's f- fiction. It was giving Shrek. at When he was walking into hell. It definitely gave Shrek. I thought it immediately. I've watched Shrek. A lot of times so i i know exactly what that fiona castle looks like um Mm -hmm. and so i'm I'm sure that he used that as inspiration um but yeah you know he was shaking that little thing you know with the thigh high boots love it um yeah and he he basically was like you know everybody's been telling me that i'm gonna go to hell for being gay so now I shook my ass and slid down this stripper pole to hell, killed Satan, and now y'all still got a problem? Can't make, can't win for losing. Can't win for losing. So, um, and then he had this shoe deal, but I don't really know what happened with that or, like, the, the legalities of it, so I don't want to get into it, but, um, but... I know. Okay. Talk your shit, David. All right, well, well, back to the video, though, real quick. Um, I just feel like he purposely, I feel like he purposely was like, I'm going to push everybody's buttons on this. Like, everything that Christian homophobic people would freak out about, he, like, put it in the video. Um, so, first you have him... Uh, he's he's a man. Um, he's like wearing wigs in a garden, heels and thigh high boots, um, making out with another male figure, which again was him. 
Um, and then, you know, the whole idea of like, oh, he's going to heaven, and then takes a stripper pole down to hell, um, then proceeds to give a very, you know, sexual, sexually charged looking, you know, lap dance to Satan. So yeah, Christians seeing that, I'm sure were freaking the fuck out. And one of my favorite videos was like, I don't know what church this is, it's like some white preacher guy, and he was up there talking about this video, and then he was, he was just speaking so fast, like, all that demonic, this demonic stuff, we ain't not for that, whatever, like, I don't know what he was saying, but he was just like, spitting so quickly, and I was just impressed, like, wow, this nigga, he's nigga, this nigga flowing, like, he's just spitting. This nigga spitting. You know, he's so, he's so quick. He was so quick with the hate. Like, man, just off the tip of the, the tongue. He like practices that, it. Off the top of the dome. He practices it. That's crazy. It's his rhetoric. Like, right, you got that much hate in your heart. You can just. It's what he go. does every Sunday. Exactly. And it was just. The reaction of people was. It was funny to watch to me. Um. And it was also funny seeing him respond to those things because, like you said, like he's a former barb, he's a Gen Zer, he knows how to troll, and he's just a master at it. And it's hilarious. Um, so yeah, that was funny. Also, seeing people's reactions when they were saying like, "Oh, you're supposed to be a role model." Um, Everybody loved, you know, Old Town Road, and the kids loved it. I think it was, who was it? Nick Young, basketball player. He was like, my kids will never listen to that song again. And Already a diamond responded, record. Right. <laughs> Lil Nas X responded, he was like, first of all, that song is about sex and lean. So why your kids chose that as their theme song, I don't know. But maybe you should look at yourself. Like... Um, so he's like, yeah, I never, never claimed to be a role model. Like none of my songs are kid friendly. Um, so you let your kids listen to it. That's on you, you know? And plus it's like Nick Young, really? Like flat earther jumping up. <laughs> like, I, it's just like out of all people, like really you about to be a holy roller now? Like all these, everybody that had, that was upset about it. I'm looking at them like. Who, who even knew you were Christian until this very moment? Like, no one knew this at all. Because they they weren't, and they're not, and they still won't be exactly. even after no. the whole thing dies down. They only care about it in those specific things. But, like, there's so many things that children deal with outside of fucking celebrity that people don't address like children are still in cages did you forget yeah. that like why is that like you're you want to make somebody a role model when you should be the role model for your kids it's literally why they ha- you have them so that they can be mini you so why do you expect someone else to raise your child right and y'all not even worried no about the fucking people that you have in your family that are terrorizing your children. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, yeah. And then there was that, that one guy that looked like Chris Brown. 
I don't really know what he do, but I just remember him because he had that white man said the N-word in one of his music videos. And he also has something to say. I don't know. I want to say like his name is Joyce or like Tom Joyner Morning Show. Some shit like that. Um, oh, I know. Um, <laughs> Tom Joyner <laughs> Um, uh, Lucas Joyner, I think is his name. Lucas Joyner. Sure. Um, just another light skinned nigga with tattoos. Like that's all I could give to him. <laughs> and he let that white man say the n word, which, like, nigga, your whole, your whole shtick is fucking shock factor. Right. Every song he's, I don't even know his songs, but I know he had that one. I can't remember the name of it. But that song where he's like talking to this racist white man, and then he had the one where he uh, was dressed up like Will Smith and Fresh Prince. So like any song he releases has some type of gimmick with it, and then they never really hit. Like they might go viral for a little bit, you know, a couple days. Like it got Will Smith's attention. He was like, "Oh, this is cool," but it meant nothing for him in his career. Like, <laughs> he didn't gain the traction he wanted. Like, and then Lil Nas X comes out with this video, and he has everybody talking. And so now Lucas Joyner, or I'm now gonna call him Tom Joyner Morning Show. <laughs> from now on. Um, yeah. So now he was upset because he's not getting the attention he thought he should have got. Like, please relax. Like, maybe find another career. I'm sorry that yeah, you've already are tatted up your body so you're not marketable in other things but you'll be okay i'm sure you've saved yeah, a little bit of money sure. you can be a tatted t-mobile t-mobile sales you know yeah. or do whatever the game is doing now harassing people on the internet the game is doing um i don't know what's wrong with that the man. game is a weird person very, I would not want to be in person. the same room with him. Even if there's like a bunch of other people there. Him, Meek Mill, who else? Chris Brown, wouldn't want to be in a room with them. I would feel the energy is off as soon as they come in. Yeah. Um. Those are some weird men. Joe Budden, another one. I do not like that man. I don't trust him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Every time the game has something to say, like, everybody's like, you're 40, maybe you should stop saying things like this. Um, but I think, you know, age and maturity come at different different times. And obviously, that's a man who is never going to mature. He is going to be 70 years old talking about why women wear wigs um, in the pool when you know the sun is blazing hot or some bullshit some bullshit that he's going to yeah. concoct in his mind that he feels is going to hit it's going to be 70 year old, 70 years old talking about life is like a corn dog and women only want you when you have bread like that's literally that was literally the tweet he said life is like a corn dog women only want you when you have bread hot dogs also require bread <laughs> you know, no one said it. Yet, so <laughs> a hot dog bun. <laughs> like, 
You know, dude, I don't know. I had no clue what he was going for there. I was just... The nigga is delusional. Very... He's delusional. He is. Um, And that is just the start of it. Like, he has some other weird things that we won't get into. But, you know... I don't know, that's a strange man. And he can stay in strange land over there in California. Um... Yeah. But yeah, that is Lil Nas X. Uh, oh, the shoes. Let me. Oh yeah, the get shoes. In there real quick. So he had a um, a collab with, I guess this company. They do custom shoes. And so he had a, a Air Max ninety seven that he had custom made, or he had six hundred and sixty six pairs custom made. Um, which they had, um, what do you call that, a pentagram, little symbol on them, mm-hmm. uh, has 666 written on them, uh, and it had a, a drop of human blood in the soles. And, um, yeah, he was selling these shoes. Um, and at first, people were saying it was a Nike collab with, you know, Lil Nas X. When I saw that, I was like, it's no way in hell <laughs> Nike, <laughs> Nike just was doing this. Mm-hmm. It's like... No company in their right mind would ever put out a Satan shoe in America, knowing that America is like, you know, balls deep Christian country in Jesus. Right. (laughs) 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 Um, but you know, (laughs) in the idea. idea of it (laughs) (laughs) all right um so yeah i'm like there's no way nike would do this and sure enough um about mm, we'll say 12 hours of this news breaking nike comes out with a statement it says that they had nothing to do with the shoe (laughs) and then they also say that they are suing um in their lawsuit they didn't say they were suing will Nas x they said they were suing the the company he, you know, partnered with to create this um, this collab shoe or whatever. Um, and then, of course, Lil Nas X, being who he is, responded with various memes, talking about how he's going to be going broke after this whole Nike lawsuit. And how he, he posted about one of my favorite videos of that dude in court singing to the judge, say he's sorry. You know that video? Is this dude in court? And then he's like, all right, his lawyer's like, um, my client would like to say something. He gets up, he just starts singing to the judge. Judge, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> like, you've never seen I that? feel like I have, like, I have, like, a, a faint memory of it. Wow. But anyway, Lil Nas X posted that, talking about that's going to be him in court. And, um, <clears throat> yeah. You know, people were really upset. That's actually what I believe um, Nick Young was referring to, and that's when he when he put out his tweet about his kids not listening to Old Time Road, um, Old Time Road again because of those shoes. Um, but yeah, still, you know, still diamond. all six hundred, all <laughs> six hundred and sixty six pairs sold. Um, when they all sell off, so yeah, within minutes. Good for him. You know, so 
Yeah. He, I don't know what he's going to do with that money. I don't know if he got to give that money to Nike or how. I don't know what the legalities of fashion know, are. Right. I'm not sure what was going on there. Um, but I thought that was pretty damn crazy for him to do from a legal standpoint without Nike's permission. To I thought he just had one single custom shoe and maybe he was going to like sell that on eBay or something. But when I found out it was 666 pairs, I'm like, you're doing a whole mass release of a shoe that you did not have permission mm. to, to, you know, alter. That's, yeah, I was like, I don't know what his legal team was thinking there. Or I guess they just didn't care. Maybe they just got the bread like that to just be like, hey, fuck it. We going to do whatever we want to do. Or maybe the problem is more with the fact that they marketed it as a collaboration with Nike. And it wasn't a collaboration with Nike. It was a collaboration with whoever it was. Is that a well, possibility? Well, I mean, but even... I don't, I don't think so. Because... I'm not even sure if they marketed it that way. But if you have a Nike shoe, a very famous Nike shoe, and you put your own spin on it, people are going to assume it's a collab. Because if you're selling someone else's product, they automatically are going to assume that you had their permission. Because it's like, no one no one does that. No one comes up with a, like a, a, a custom pair of Jordans and then mass produce the custom pair and then start selling them. Like, if Jordan got wind of that, he's, he's suing. Yeah. Like, that's my shoe. True. You can't do that with my, without my permission. So, yeah, people assume that it was a collab because you selling off 666 <laughs> pair of them. <laughs> like, not just one. <laughs> that's not like one shoe. And he's just going to do it on eBay or something. Like, yeah, highest bidder gets the shoe. But 666 pairs, like, that's, that's a lot of <laughs> shoes. True that. You know, so I was, yeah, I don't know what his legal team was even thinking on that one, but. Um, I'm not sure what the end result is. I don't know if they're going to court, if he's going to try to settle somehow or what. But the shoes were sold. He got the bread. He got the money. He'll be all right. Man. He will be all right. Old Town Road. Old Town Road is a diamond record. Panini Platinum. Rodeo Platinum. Call Me By Your Name just went number one. He'll be okay. He'll be okay. He's 21. He'll be okay. Um, And I think he turns 22 in a few days. Birthday is the 9th. So, shout out to him. Um, Aries, huh? Aries, baby. Um, So, yeah. What's going on with um, Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce, former NBA basketball player. And... um, I don't even know what to call them. You know, those people that just like, who think they're they're one way, they think they're like up here, but really everyone else sees them like down there. Mm-hmm. And he just tends to just fuck up in the most Paul Pierce type of ways. Um, for example, his one of his final, his final season in the NBA, he was like, <clears throat> you know, he had a, he had a Hall of Fame career. He's going to be mm-hmm. in the Hall of Fame in the next couple of years. But in his later years, a lot of people was like clowning him, like, yeah, you're not all that great, yada, yada, yada. His final year, he thought he was going to get like this this farewell, farewell tour like Kobe did in his last year. 
And then a lot of people reminded him, like, nigga, you not Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then after um, after his retirement, he became an analyst on ESPN. And he had a lot of, like, a lot of words for people like Dwayne Wade and LeBron James um, saying, like, oh, you know, we was never afraid of them in Miami. We weren't afraid of them. They're like, well, they beat you every time. Like, what do you mean you weren't afraid, baby? You should have been. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, like, stuff like that. So, anyway, he's been with ESPN for, like, mm, three or four years now. And... Literally, anytime he says anything about a, a game or NBA team, if you're betting, bet against whatever Paul Pierce says because he's always wrong. Um, but anyway, he has this nice little job with ESPN, which is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. And for some odd reason, this weekend, he decided to go on Instagram Live while he was at home having a hell of a time. Do not blame him for the time he was having. He was having a great time. You know, he's on live. He got strippers in the background. Cute. In his home. Cute. Strippers in the background. He got money, so uh, he can do private parties. Yeah, you know, he got, he got, uh, he's playing like poker and shit with, with his boys. You know, good time. Got some drink on mm-hmm. hand. He's on, you know, he's on there smoking. You know, it was like, Looks like a fun-ass time over there. Now, would someone that works for Disney want to put that on their Instagram Live? Probably not. No. Not a great decision. So, of course, everyone is on social media clouding him. Like, this thing just didn't give a fuck. Like, he was just doing his own thing. And sure enough, this morning, he was let go by ESPN. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what his thinking was with his uh or he you know he was just that lit and just that drunk that he was just like hey niggas gotta see this live um instagram live will be the downfall of a lot of these people <laughs> yeah but it's just like <clears throat> certain people just can't do that type of thing like if it were if this was uh let's say if this was boosie I'm sure he has plenty of Instagram. Who cares like about? That. I mean, Boosie don't work Tons. for nobody. Exactly. <laughs> he don't work for nobody. He doesn't work for fucking Disney. <laughs> I don't know, but a lot of these basketball players and former basketball players think they're rappers. They think they live that type of that lifestyle. And you know what? If he didn't work for ESPN and he, I don't know, did his own thing, like hell, um, Stephen Jackson or Matt Barnes. They don't do shit like that, but, well, I'm sure they do shit like that, but they don't put it on Instagram Live. But if they did, no one would say boo about it because they don't work for ESPN. They don't work for Disney. They have their own little podcast that's on Showtime. They got, and it's all about weed, honestly. So, like, them smoking weed on Instagram Live would be nothing. Um, so, yeah, if they did some shit like that, fine. But you work for Disney, like. And on, even man. then, like, the whole, like, even when you work for just the NBA, like with um, Kevin right. Durant and that whole thing that happened with Michael Rappaport or whatever, however you say that white man's name, he he got fined by the NBA for yeah. that exchange when it wasn't him right. who fucking started it. See, this is why I right. don't like white people, you know? 
This is why I don't trust them. <laughs> no. No. And I mean, yeah, the whole Kevin Durant thing was lame because he didn't start it. Um, but again, when you work for the NBA, like Paul Pierce, there was no way in hell he would have ever did that while he was playing in the NBA. Right. Um, and he didn't. He never did anything like that while he was playing Instagram, in the NBA. Same thing with Steven Jackson. And IG Paul. Live was Instagram. Li- well, <laughs> in his final year, IG Live was probably around. In his last year, I think his last year was like 2017, 2018, or something. So maybe, but throughout his career, he didn't do dumb shit like that. Um, but yeah, I guess he thought, hey, I'm retired from the NBA. Fuck it, ESPN. They must not give a fuck about what I do. When I don't know why he would think that. But yeah, um, but yeah, the Kevin Durant thing. Yeah, that's why he got fined. It was super weak of Michael Rappaport to even put the DMs out and make them public. Fucking bitch, bro. So lame. All right, like, come on. And, you know, I... He... I've never liked him, ever. He's just a weird man. And, you know, somebody... I always think about that tweet where... I think... Or maybe it was about Prince Philip. But somebody said that he looks like he wakes up and dies every single day. Um, <laughs> if it was about either man, both of them look very, very fitting, very fitting. Um, yeah. you ever, you watch SpongeBob growing up? Um, yeah, a little bit. So, you, oh, you probably won't remember, but there was this episode where the, SpongeBob made this nasty ass Krabby Patty and the fucking bun had pimples all over it. Like, shit looked nasty. That's what they fed the, the health inspector. And the health inspector fucking passed out. They thought that they killed the health inspector. They tried to go bury him in the cemetery. Um, yeah, that's... It's a dark Spongebob. Spongebob was a dark show. <laughs> it was a dark show. Yeah. Um, as it should be. Um, it's a cartoon. And I think you, with cartoons, you can get away with, you know, dark humor a little bit more. Right. Um... So yeah, that's exactly what he fucking looks like. That nasty ass Krabby Patty that killed that fucking health inspector. Like, just a fucking disease. And then he he had the nerve to go in somebody else's DMs. DM somebody on Instagram. You don't even have his man's phone number. So you had to go on Instagram. You wrote up this little, this little, huh, 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 huh. I'm the man. Let me just say this. Get this one off on Kevin Durant. And then Kevin Durant let you know that he wasn't a bitch. And he wasn't going to let you talk to him crazy. And oh, now you're offended? You see, that's some Karen-ass fucking mentality. How the fuck you start some shit and now you the victim? Exactly. That's always how it happens. Always. But yeah, Kevin Durant lit him the fuck up. <laughs> fucking gum, <laughs> gum mean, guzzler or whatever the fuck. <laughs> right, like... like when I first saw him, uh, I saw him trending. I got worried because I was like, "Oh shit, Kevin Durant must have said something crazy." And I'm looking at the DMs. So I thought he might have said like some type of like homophobic slur or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I'm looking through the DMs. I'm like, "No, he didn't. He, he just he just custom he just custom clean custom out. Custom clean out as he fucking should." But the man, he got fined fifty thousand dollars. Fifty. $50,000. That is some wild <clears throat> shit. 
That's why you can't yeah. engage with white people. When white people come into your mentions, you got to block them automatically. You can't have conversations with them. They're not sensible. Like, there are some that are sensible, obviously, but, like, to have a discourse with a white person, especially when they're inviting themselves into the discourse instead of sitting on the fucking sidelines and listening, that's how you know you should not be talking to that white person. And they're gonna play the victim. And they're gonna play the victim. Like, always. Like, that meme of Katie Hopkins, that white old lady from, um, well, she's not that old. She's, like, maybe 40 at the oldest. But she looks very decrepit. And somebody was like, she put like a, a, a sticker of a target on her head and a dart on the, on the fucking sticker. And so she's like, what it feels to be a white, a straight white woman in this era. And somebody responded to it and it was like, that's very fitting because you put that target there yourself. <laughs> yeah. you put it yourself <laughs> nobody asked you to put it there um so yeah that's what it kind of felt like with michael rapaport um wish nothing but the worst for him um <laughs> i hope he gets deplatformed like they did with trump um but you know i guess everybody deserves a platform whatever the fuck that means but um just keep and isn't his wife divorcing him? His only claim to black fame was his his wife, his it? black wife. He has a black wife. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's what he talks about. That's why he says he can be so black. He can be a part of black culture because he fucks a black. Wait, girl. are you thinking about him? Or are you thinking about what's his name? The comedian. Uh, is it Gary Owen or something? Both of them. His wife is divorced. His wife is divorcing him. Oh well. Michael Rappaport is married to a black woman. I don't know if they're getting divorced, but, um, yeah. Her name is Kibi Dunn. Married in 2016. Um, yeah. Looks like a fucking dweeb. Yeah. I never liked Michael Rappaport. He was some, he's like a white guy that I felt was always way too comfortable in black spaces. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. Never sat well with me. And then when he would comment on things, <clears throat> he would comment on them with like such, like such confidence and just brassness. I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> no, nah, this is not even a conversation for you. Like, get out of here. See, Always annoyed me. In the 90s and the 80s and early 2000s, they weren't gatekeeping blackness enough for me. They were letting any and every white person who sagged their pants come into the culture. You said duh instead of the, and you were right there with us in the good- Invite them to the barbecue. (laughs) Please, please kill this barbecue dream. It's not happening. White people and black people cannot kumbaya. It's physically impossible. They are traitors. They hate us. It's ingrained in them. Um, you know what? Let me not say that. No. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it to be true. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I but meant I every word. <laughs> <laughs> I meant every word. <laughs> 
I love her. She's so cute. Her yodeling self. I love it. Um, but yeah, so fuck Michael Rappaport or whatever his name is. I feel like his name is way too much. Like, it's a bit much for you to even have that name. Like, why is there so many syllables? Um, and also, I don't like the name Michael. I, I don't understand why the A comes before the E. And that's why I would never trust a man named Michael. I know, well, I know, I know lots of Michaels. Um, <coughs> yeah, maybe if you just drop the the A or put it correctly, E A L, I think that we could have you know a good standing chance. But the fact that you put the like A in a... front of the E is disgusting, and it goes against my beliefs. <laughs> you you like more of a, a Mikael. I like a Mikael Myers, yes. Mikael Myers. With the motherfucking wig on, don't forget it. Um but yeah. Um what the hell we was talking about? Niggas. You wanna uh let's let's talk about Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Um, this is brief because there's not much information as of yet. However, Atlanta, um, Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover II, um, he posted a video, a picture of them on set. Him, Zazzy, Brian, and I want to say Lakeith was also there. Um... They posted a picture of them together. So season three is filming, which, huh, you know, thankfully, it's been a drought out here. Insecure is ending. And I was just thinking about that. Like, we don't have enough black sitcoms. And I think, like, right now, the culture of media is very much on dramas, which is why we don't have enough black sitcoms. And sitcoms in general are kind of bleak, white or black, um, and others. But it's just like I just like to see black people like joking and having fun. Like that's why I love sit. I love sitcoms in general. That's just me. Like I will watch a sitcom, watch the same sitcom over and over before I watch a new show, a new drama. Um, and it's just like, I would rather see black people in those positions, just living life, like a girlfriend's type show now or something like that. Just black people just being black, living their life and, you know, in their careers or whatever they doing. Yeah. Especially since, you right. know, Insecure is leaving. Um, it's, and then all we have, what is Atlanta? All we got is we got Atlanta and we got Kenya Burris and all his variations of mixedish and no. blackish. No. And... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want no issues. I don't want no AFs. Get that shit the fuck out of here. Him and his paperback test can go on somewhere. I need Yeah, like I really I really like blackish at first. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kinda over it. Grownish was okay, but I'm also kind of over that too. 
Um, but he's just super obsessed with this whole mixed thing. You know? I mean, I understand that it's based on his life and he's, you know, he's married to a woman who is, who's mixed. Um, so, okay. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's just like. Every single one? Like everything? Like, okay, like blackish. Cool. He should have just kept it at blackish. But if you want to do a spinoff with, with Zoe, come up with a whole new name. You know, but I mean, um, it's a spinoff thing. Yeah, but still, why not just call it Zoe? I don't know but <laughs> why grownish. Uh, and then mixed dish. That was just it for me. I'm like, no, we did not need this. You know, I'm not. sure it filled a void that many mixed people were feeling. Like, I guess they have their own trials and tribulations growing up, feeling their identity, whatever. Not true. I'm not gonna take that away from the mixed crowd, but um, so you know, sure, there was a space for them to talk about that, and of course, Tracy Ellis Ross, being a mixed race woman, she was the perfect person to talk about it. Um, but I'm just tired of the same trope, even when he did his black AF thing. Here's Rashida Jones, another mixed race woman who has not always played black presenting roles. Yeah. Just like Maya Rudolph has not always played black presenting roles. But they're mixed, so they should be able to, you know, teeter in between. But I'm just saying, like, if you're going to have a mixed race woman be at the center of this show, choose a mixed race woman who is more... I don't know. Whatever. I don't want to say that because I don't want to be exclusive. But, like, also, how are you going to have a show Black AF and then have this white person, technically? Um, but, yeah, you know, that's that's me. Yeah. Um, right. yeah, my whole thing with it was just we got it. We get it. We get it. We get it. You know, I feel like Kenya Burris is... is talented enough to come up with uh, another show, another comedy, you know, based off of some something else. He's kind like, of Tyler Perrying it right now. Yes, he's very he's in his Tyler Perry bag right now. A lot. And it's just like, you know, let's just shake it up. Do something. You know, new. hire some writers. Um yeah. but he also did fucking like he did Coming to America too. Um, and all the, these other sh- movies and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's producing, which is good. Yeah. He's throwing money where money needs to be thrown. That's all we could ask for. Um, Marseille Martin, she has her, her own company. And so she's going to do what she needs to do to push the culture forward to make sure that there is representation for girls that look like her and for girls who do look like her and go through different things because obviously blackness is not a monolith it's different for every person but um so yeah shout out to marseille martin you know shout out to kenya barris for hiring marseille martin and allowing her to grow into the woman that she's becoming even though she's still a girl um so yeah shout out to that um what the hell we was talking about though um sitcoms oh atlanta um Yeah. yeah After that, there's no black sitcoms. And that's 
and even Blackish. Blackish is a sitcom about a family. Like, there's no black sitcoms with just adults my age. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I feel like sitcoms surrounded around black families are, um, I'd say, necessary. I feel like it's always, you know, that's a good image to see, especially when um, there's so many stereotypes around black people and the lack of family, mm-hmm. which always bothered me because black people in general have always been like very big on family. You know, even family that's not actually their family. Mm-hmm. Like, black people have fake cousins and fake brothers and sisters. Like, you know, like, they black people are always big on family. So, um, I like those type of sitcoms, you know, that focus on family. Um, but, yeah, a show like Insecure, a show like Atlanta, that's about, like, the everyday person going through just normal right well the shit that happens on atlanta is not normal like but it is but though just, like it like it is but it, it is that whole teddy perkins thing it's like what it's far-fetched but is it like impossible <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so, it's not um it's not it's not impossible it's not nothing's impossible let's just say that no. but um like, obviously, it just seems like, okay, we're we're on this store, we're on this journey with this character, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, like, this may be a little bit more than what we we expect, what we may have imagined. But, like, you can see how they've stumbled into these situations, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, you know, bring the sit- black sitcoms, like, you know... In the early, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, we had plenty of different kinds. Um, And, you know, I don't know if it's because now, like, everything's moving, is moving away from, like, network TV to premium. But even then, like, there's so much, there's so much room. And Netflix, they want to do everything but fucking give black people a show. I don't know how they don't, they haven't thought about it yet. I mean, we had Chewing Gum, Michaela Cole, you know, she finished that show. Which, Chewing Gum, hilarious. Um, Top of the line. You know, who knew black British people could really make people laugh like that? But. But is that. Is it considered a black show if you have a black lead, even if the surrounding characters like vary? It might be one or two other black people, but then you have a very mixed cast. Is it still considered a black show if it's made by a single like black creator? Well, okay. Let's look at Chewing Gum. Chewing Gum, Michaela Cole's character, she had her mom, she had her sister, she had her gay friend. She had her Guyanese or Trinidadian, or maybe she was Indian, just Indian. And then she had that white boy. And that was like the main character cast. So it was mixed. And um, would I consider it a black show? Um, I would consider it more an English show than a black show. 
Um, cause for me, like black obviously is black American, whereas that's black English, or I don't know how in black English people describe themselves, like what their demographic is. Um, like as I am, like I'm a Caribbean American person. Um, no, mm. just Caribbean. Um, I don't really associate myself with America, but, um, <laughs> I, you know, I would still like to see, you know, I don't know. Cause like the other show that she had, I may destroy you. That one had a lot more black people in it. Um, I didn't watch it though. It was a little bit too much for me. Um, but I mean, did you watch it? I watched like the first couple episodes and then if you know me, like I watch a ton of things at once. Mm. So then I might get distracted and never go back to it. So that's kind of what happened. Mm. Um, but, yeah. but I guess that would be more of a black show. But again, like I'm sure even in England, there's not even enough black representation because all of their fucking black talent is being outsourced to America. <laughs> but I don't know. I think we sh- I would like to see more. There's actors everywhere. Obviously, Issa Rae is also doing, you know, filling that void. But it can't just be Issa. Like, if it's just Issa, then we're just going to get Issa's view on black people. Which is not everybody's, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm, I say that with as much love as in my heart that I have for Issa. But, um... You know, lean away, go on somewhere, because we don't really care what you got to do. Um, but we need more, like, fresh, fresh ideas, fresh faces, fresh, you know, something. Because right now, we're stuck yeah. in a reboot and drama era. Yeah. And I mean, Issa Rae, like I said, like, she is doing a lot. And then also, she's she's also trying to give other people voices as well. So, like, uh, she just signed this, what, like an eight- or nine-figure deal or something with mm-hmm. somebody. I'm not even sure who. For HBO. But she's mm-hmm. you know, pulling. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, she's pulling a bunch of people, like, from social media um, along with her. Like, my man, what's his name? Mark, Mark Phillips. Phillips. Supreme Dreams. The, yeah, does the, those like basketball videos and other like parodies and shit like that. So yeah. And then also someone else is doing um, some stuff. I'm not sure. She wrote a book. She had her own. She's on that show, a uh, black lady sketch show, um, Quinta Brunson. Oh yes. Quinta. Yes. You know? Cause Quinta been around for a long time too, since Buzzfeed. Right. Um, and I'm not saying like it's not happening or it won't happen. I'm just saying it needs to happen more quickly. And like I said, Issa, while she is there and she's in the room and she is fighting for it, she can't be the only one fighting for it. You know what I mean? Um, But, you know, she is one of the first of this generation to do it. So she's going to bring her hand, put her hand out so that other she can bring people along with her. Um, but you know, shout out to my girl, Issa, <laughs> Joe Issa. I realized how to pronounce her last name from the book that you gave me. 
Um, because it's spelled D-I-O-P, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, me originally, I thought it was pronounced to diop or diop or something it's, like it's, that. It's Jop, isn't it? Jope. Jope. Yes. Um, so, you know, shout out to her. Joisa Jope. Joisa Ray Jope. You know, shout out to her. That's my bitch right there. Um, so yes, Atlanta, you know, he he said that he did both season three and season four already ready to go. He he wrote them. So it's just about getting them into production and filming. Hurry the fuck up. I'm ready. I need to see what's going on. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what is Paperboy doing in England? In Europe. Did they ever... He was in Europe? Yeah, they were, they're on their European tour. Oh. Yeah, that's why I gotta rewatch shows. When they take these long-ass breaks, I don't be remembering what happened. Um, I've watched Atlanta a few times. Because um, it's so short. It's only, what, like 16 episodes at the max? I need to see it yeah. multiple times um, to really grasp it firmly grasp it um shout out to patrick but um yeah so shout out to that they need to hurry the fuck up um i would like it on my screen by july i don't know how that works with tv but get it done yeah make it happen make it happen oh imagine into no i wouldn't want that at the same time do it in like september because i can't have Insecure and Atlanta on running at the same time, because then one. What it? What day? What day did Atlanta usually come? No, on? I mean like, like at the same in the same season, if that makes sense. Oh, why not? Because then after they're the done, then what's left? I have to stagger it. We have to stagger it out because we're not gonna get. This is the last season of fucking Insecure. You want to compete with Atlanta when our minds are supposed to be tuned in to what Issa and Lawrence and Molly got the f- got to say? No. Sure. Um, but yeah, shout out to that. You know, we ready, gang, gang. Um, we're also ready for another album whenever you're ready, childish. Um. So yeah, what else is going on for you? Um, so, bit of sad news. Um, DMX was uh, hospitalized, uh, when was this? It might have been Saturday, I think. Saturday, um, apparent drug overdose, and he is currently on life support. And there was a lot of news, you know, hours after it broke about, oh, he's off life support. No, actually, he's not. And, um... As it turns out, he's not off life support um, even now. And yeah, so, you know, thoughts, prayers to his family, to him. Um, DMX is extremely influential mm-hmm. in, in hip hop, mm-hmm. in movies, in culture. Just hip hop culture, yeah. Um, 
so yeah um hope for the best for him and hope that he pulls through um and you know and of course whenever news like this breaks you have your new folk your i will just blame it all on jen's ears but you know that's like oh i ain't hear nothing about dmx you know it's sad you almost gotta die for people to care about you it's like shut up like it's so not true you just don't pay a fucking attention because everybody like dmx is always relevant Mm -hmm. even when he's not putting anything out i can't remember his last thing he put out but his music was so influential he's always relevant and then even him whenever he does interviews whenever he does anything you're gonna come out of there with a soundbite with something that's going to be influential even when he was on, what's the reality show he was on? Wasn't he on, he was on one of those Fix My Life's. Marriage Boot Camp? Hell yeah, he was on Marriage Boot Camp. Is that where that clip of him crying? Oh. Is that where that's from? No, I don't know. I don't know where that clip is from. I don't know, from. whatever. Wherever I that have clip it is saved from, on my phone. I now. use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I use it all the time. Yes. Yeah, DMX, um, we've known of DMX. Like, DMX is here. He he will always be here, even once he f- finally dies. Like, he will always be here. And it sucks because, you know, he's been addicted to drugs for his whole life. He said, like, since he was 14, he was introduced mm-hmm. to, to crack. So, like have some compassion <laughs> like this man is in right. his 50s you're talking about a, an addiction that has happened for half a century now like have some compassion um right. and you know addictions you know it's how your brain is wired it's a mental disease but it's how your brain is wired your wire your brain is wired to be addicted to it and we are all addicted to something like Addicted to our phones, addicted to TV, addicted to working out, something. There's something that we're using to pass the time so that we don't have to think. Right. So, and you know, DMX gave us a lot of great hits, a lot of great movies, a lot of great sound bites. Like, every year around Christmas, people post his um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer rendition. Because yeah. it's beautiful. Um, I think I also have that saved in my phone. Because why not? Why not? Um, But you know, there's always going to be that person. No matter what generation it is. No matter where, which, which facet of life they come from, there's always going to be that one person who's like, huh, like, where is all this love? Where was all this love before? Like, the love has always been there. We don't have to outwardly express it every single day in order for you to know it. Like, last year, fucking him and Snoop Dogg had a versus, and everybody was talking about it, and everybody was enjoying themselves. What else would we have to talk about DMX for up until now? Right, like, um... He stays out of the spotlight. 
So how could we even yeah, have something to part, say? He stays, he stays out of the spotlight, and also like with that with that verses, it gave opportunity for people to to celebrate him, mm-hmm. um, and show their appreciation. So yeah, that night I'm all on Twitter and I see a bunch of people coming out with like old DMX clips or anytime a song was played, like oh snap, I remember when this song came out. This was this. This was my shit. Like whatever. So for people to say like he he's unappreciated until now when something happened to him it's just like stupid they obviously just don't pay attention that just means that you you weren't appreciating him until now um but yeah all in all i just really hope he pulls through and uh um yeah dmx what's his real name what Earl Simmons. Yeah, Earl. <laughs> I love that name. Earl. <laughs> you ever seen that show, My Name is Earl? Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. Um, that's a kind of that's actually a kind of good show. You know me, I love sitcoms. Yeah. Um, it was very, you know, wrinkle dinkle. But it was cute. <laughs> <laughs> um um and i remember that headline where i feel like somebody had predicted it somebody he was like dmx was like going to the in front of the judge and somebody was like all dmx has to do is play slip in for the judge and you'll be free and that's exactly what he did slipping falling can't get up um and he got free so shout out to that you know shout out to that judge for recognizing talent um and recognizing that you know he is a man who is just trying to get through the day aren't we all for sure aren't we all but yes um mr earl i hope you are doing well i hope you have a full recovery um yeah, so shout out to you. Um on a lighter note, April Fool's Day just passed um last week. And a certain someone decided, you know, that for April Fools they were gonna play a prank on people. Which, you know, cute. I personally don't prank me. Don't do that. I don't like that. Especially nothing physical. Like, don't embarrass me. Because I will get physically violent. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, this person, Michael Strahan, as he's a former um, football player. He now has a show on, what is it, NBC, CBS, Fox, one of them. Good morning or wake up with Michael Strahan. It used to be it was Regis Regis's show, then it was Regis and Kelly, then it was Regis Kelly and Michael Strahan. No. It was it was just Kelly and then Michael Strahan was I don't know. I feel like it might have been somebody else once Regis retired and then that person left and then Michael Strahan took over. Hmm. Okay. And then I remember they also had Kiki Palmer for like a few, 
for a little while they had Kiki Palmer as like a third host um but whatever the case may be so Michael Strahan known for his lovely gap right in between his two teeth his two front teeth um he decided to play a trick and say that he closed it um and you know his teeth were already kind of big so when he put in those fake teeth it was kind of jarring um especially you know but the teeth look good the teeth look good um but then he revealed to all of us that it was just for jokes just for ha ha's like who who jokes like that um especially someone who you know i was like damn you know i have gaps in my teeth it's like damn look at this man you know he's confident he's in front of the tv with his gap you know i fucks with that and he I thought he switched teams on me and I was so sad. I was like, there goes my gap brother. He done left me and all of our gap people by ourselves. But you know, he, um, it was all jokes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I don't know. April Fool's does not register in my head for some reason. Yeah. So like when, when it happened, I was like, that's just really odd. Like, that was, like, his signature. Yeah. Like, why? What's this reasoning here? You telling me after he's 50-something years old, and you want to tell me that after all this time, now he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to fix this. I'm, I'm going to close up my gap. Like, you could have did this forever ago. That's You've been rich for a for very a long, long time. time. So, like, why now? It makes no sense. And for some reason, it was like, oh, wait, it's April Fool's. Duh, this is fake. I don't know why it just didn't register in my head, but yeah. But you know, if he wants to donate to fixing my gap, my gaps, plural, um, I would gladly take the money and fix my teeth. Since he want to be fixing teeth, fix somebody's teeth for real. Mm. You just did all of that for jokes? Like, what? Mm. <laughs> Haha, ha, like, we gave you the views you were looking for. But, um, yeah, put your money where your mouth is, literally. Um, let me start my GoFundMe. People be starting GoFundMe's for anything. Let me start my GoFundMe to get my teeth fixed. I don't want veneers. Those are ugly. I'm not doing those little fucking gremlin teeth. That is so ugly to me. Like, what? Well, you don't want to, like, shave down the teeth. <sighs> That is just the most repulsive thing. <laughs> the most repulsive thing. And like the fact that veneers aren't permanent. Like you have to get them replaced like every 10 years. Yeah. And so what if one falls out? You just have this little fucking twig of a tooth. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I used to work with this girl, um, she used to do drugs, um, meth in particular, and, <laughs> and, um, before I met her, before I met Whoa. her, before I met her, um, deep. and yeah, like her teeth like were rotted out cause meth fucks with your teeth. Yeah. Um, so she paid to have veneers done on her front. Like her top row of teeth. 15 grand. For one 
row of teeth. Not both. That's wild. And they're not permanent. If I don't throw some Invisalign on this on these fucking teeth and call it a fucking day. I mean, even then I still have to wear that's not even permanent because your mouth shifts all the time because that's why you have to wear a fucking retainer. But still, I don't like that. But anyways, you know, Michael Strahan, you cute, bruh. Uh, keep your gap. I like it. Um, you know, keep up with the vibes. Gang, gang. Gang, gang, gang. Word to Monica. Um, so yeah, what is left to say? Um, there was one thing that I wanted to talk about, you know, to give a little razzle-dazzle. Um, my bad. I did not prepare it ahead of time. Okay. So I saw on Twitter about this man who was a Black Panther activist. His name was Chip Fitzgerald, right? Romaine, mm-hmm. Romaine Chip Fitzgerald. They called him Chip. And he was in prison for 51 years. Five, one, half of a century. Um, for a crime. Okay. So the first crime that he got pulled over, he was in the car with, he was a black Panther, obviously he was a known black Panther. And so obviously like the police, they, um, the police, they had it out for him because, you know, he's trying to dismantle the system that they uphold. Um, and so here's a little background about Romaine Fitzgerald. Um, he was born and raised in Compton, California and joined the Black Panther Party in 1969. Um, and he was a teenager, maybe like 18, 19. Um, and so on September 7th in 1969, um, the patrol officers pulled him and is well the car that he was in over um and you know a shootout happened and um he got and he his license was left with the cop and that's how they were able to find him um and so because there was a shootout they were wanting to charge him with attempted murder so but he escaped he escaped that one um the police found him at at his house he escaped his house Um, and so even after that, like he escaped custody three times before he actually got caught. And then, um, there was another situation a few days after, um, the shootout with the cop where he was, um, where they tried to pin him killing a police officer, not a police officer, a security guard on him. But he wasn't near the scene. He was at somebody's house when it happened. Because it was like in the middle of the night. Um, And so they tried to pin both. They pinned the arrested, the um, attempted murder plus the murder of the security guard on him. You know, to pin him like, oh, he has a problem with, you know, 
um, authority. Like he already killed, he tried to kill this police officer and then he went and killed this security guard. So obviously he has a problem with, with, um, with whatchamacallit. But the person who, the eyewitness person who put him at the scene didn't really put him at the scene because he had like, because of the shootout, he had a, a head wound and he had a, um, a gauze over the head wound. And mm-hmm. the person, the eyewitness person, said, did not ever mention the gauze over that man's head um, at the time that it happened. So obviously, if the person did not have that, that wasn't him. But, you know, they were still trying to pin it on him. Um, and, you know, it's the 1960s, late 1960s. So obviously, you know, they're not, they don't really care. They just want to pin, and he's a Black Panther. So they just want to pin this murder against him, along with the attempted murder of the cop. So, um, yeah. So he's still, you know, obviously he did not kill, according to him, he did not kill the security guard. He maintained, he maintained his innocence throughout this whole time, 51 years. And, um, yeah, so there's a law in California for parole that if you, if you're over the age of 65 and you've already served 25 years, you're prioritized for release. Um, but, you know, he... He was, you know, he was going through the the process of parole, but his parole date hadn't come up before he ended up dying. So, yeah. So, he had a heart attack in March, and he passed away. Um, And he would have been, his birthday is the 11th of April. So, he would have been, what, like, 71, 72? this year um so yeah there's donations there's donation sites if you want to donate to him no you can't donate to him anymore um that's because he's dead family or for funeral costs or um i'm not sure yes you can donate so Jew, freedom, freedom, the number four chip.org. You can go on there and search it up and, you know, read up about him. And if you want to donate to his family and to the burial of this man, you can do that. Um, I also saw on TikTok, um, this weekend, this lady, you know, she's, and she's an older lady, like, in her 50s. And her dad, another Black Panther, was released from prison just that weekend, like, the Saturday, this past Saturday. Um, and he was in prison for 45 years. Like, you're, these are people's lives that have been stolen from them for decades. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure, like, the video has floated around on Twitter, um, of, like, him seeing his sister after 45 years, 
um, in their re- re- reunion. That's <laughs> their reunion. Um, and then there was another TikTok on the lady's page where um, he kind of talked about how he met, you know, her mother and how, you know, her mother, his mo- her mother was the love of his life. And, you know, you know, he started crying because obviously, like, you know, he wasn't able there to see his the love of his life pass and there's a lot of stuff you miss out fifth 45 years like you missed out on the invention of computers you've missed out on tv you've missed out on cars like you missed out on so much technology you've missed out on so much culture that has passed in these 45 years um and i don't know what that guy's you know what he went to prison for but you know someone who is anti-prison um just knowing that someone has wasted their life in prison for some for trying to dismantle a system that was isn't working for them has never worked for them will continue to not work for them um and has failed them up until up until the end of you know chip's life or up until you know him this other guy being released from prison like it's just preposterous to me and then even like let's say the parole situation like you could be on parole for years after you after you get out of prison like bobby schmurder he got out of prison what december or january and no, I think it's February, maybe March. That might have been last month. Yeah, it's March. Okay. Um, but he was out. He's on parole for five years. He can't drink. He can't smoke. He can't be around gangs. Like there's so many like restrictions on what he can and can't do. This man was in prison for seven years. So now you're telling me he has to serve another five years to the penitentiary system or he can go back to jail? Is it freedom or is it not? And then on top of that, he doesn't have the right to vote anymore. So he can't even help fix the laws that are putting him, that are continuing to perpetuate his demise. But whatever. I, I don't know what the fucking fix is for this system. You, there is really no fix. You just have to fucking start all over. But there's so much money into the system being the way it is that will we ever see change? Who knows? But yeah, um, that was just my little tidbit, my little um, interesting read. Um, you know, I hope Chip's family... You know, while he might have, while he was away for 51 years, I hope that, you know, they were able to still have a bond with him. Because he was 19 when he went to prison. So he didn't even get to have a life at all. Like, he didn't get to have, get married, have kids, you know, find, live life. Um, so yeah, whoever was around him... In, in his life at that time I hope they were able to you know still be with him up until that time so yeah that is all I have to say
prayers to his family, and um, I hope that um, they, even though that's a tough situation to have someone be in prison 51 years, then right when they're about to get out, they, they die, so I hope they somehow, some way, have some type of peace. Mm-hmm. For sure, you know, if, you know, he even has family that's still around. Because, again, 1969, it's a long time. But, yes, okay, well, you know, gang gang, shout out to him. I hope, you know, I hope his family's doing well. And anybody who's in the penitentiary who's been wrongfully convicted... Um, you know, I hope there is, you can get your case appealed, you can get out of prison soon because, you know, this system is not really meant for you to get out. It's meant for you to get in and stay in. So, yeah, shout out to that. Shout out to Bobby Schmurder. Um, and shout out to all the people who are in prison. Not the rapists, though. Y'all niggas can fucking die. Um, yeah. Shout out to, shout out to Rowdy Rebel. Rowdy Rebel, him too. Um, fucking snapped on that song with, um, Pop Smoke, Make It Rain. That fucking verse right there that Rowdy Rebel did from inside the fucking pen... Shit was fire. And I know all he heard was the fucking beat from over the phone. I think it's not. I don't know. I don't know if y'all listened to it, but you should. I didn't. Um, yeah. Definitely listen to it. It's called Make It Rain. Pop Smoke featuring Rowdy Rebel. Um, yeah. So shout out to the boys. Okay. Make them to that for sure. So, yeah, do you have anything else that you want to say, David? No, I do not. I feel like this was a good episode. Another great one. Mm-hmm. I think we did the damn thing. For sure. You know, so follow our socials. Um, 20HF. H pod on Instagram and 20HFH on the Twitter. Listen to Sips and Songs playlists. You know, vibe with us. You know what? And you know, tell your friends about us. Put them on. For sure. But yeah, that's all, that's all I gotta say. Um,. Got anything else to say, Deej? No, I think I talked enough. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, bye. Bye. Enjoy your days, enjoy your lives, enjoy it.